pick a window. Oh, wow. I don't know about the costume, but that's some set of wheels. Hi, I'm Marv Wolfman, and you're listening to the World's Greatest Comic Book Podcast. The World's Greatest Comic Book Podcast, and I am your host, the radioactive professor of all things comic book, J.C. Carter. Joining me today on the show, my super friends, in the North, our punk pixie, Miss Jocelyn Christensen. Hi, guys. On the bridge of his own private enterprise, our very own Admiral La- James Tiberius Batman. You Larry forgot Jeff Larry. Bell. Yeah, there we, there go. we go. That's better. There Hold we go. On. Let's not let's not forget, you know, my my divinity. Yes. <laughs> because to be a laird, you have to be appointed, mm-hmm. I do believe, by God himself. Mm-hmm. And joining us this week are dear friends and super fans. It's Doug. That's me. <laughs> and Sarah. Hello. Hi, guys. The Willoughbys. Hey, we're yeah. back. Everybody's famous geek power couple. That's right. Hey, we're not, we're not, we're not the ones doing a podcast about relationships. <laughs> oh, that is true. Oh. That's not geek power couple. That's power couple. That's oh, okay, just, okay. Yeah, that's just yeah. That's 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 minor. That's super minor celebrity power couple. That's what that is. We're yeah. working on it. Hey, look, oh, man, Alex. Tiffany. At this point, <laughs> Tiffany has more friends on Facebook than I do. I think. <laughs> now, I think that has to do with a bunch of guys that pop into her DMs and are like, "Hey, babe, good morning. Hey, beautiful, good morning." <laughs> okay. Which I didn't know. I I mean, I knew, I knew, I knew on some level was a thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how bad it was until she started showing me. And I was like, Jesus Christ, guys. Get your bits under control. She's taken. I either have, like, I've either filtered things in such a way that I don't get those, or I just don't get them. So, you know, either way, I'm mm-hmm. good. I don't want them. Keep your DMs, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I maybe get, like, one of those a year. So, it's good. Really? I get them all the time. I am, I am very popular uh, in certain communities. Uh, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. I believe the phrase is bear. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have not I, I have not gotten the bear curious to talk to me yet, so yeah. <laughs> uh so um last week we talked we were trying to talk a little bit about the local um I don't want to call it a comic book convention because it isn't, but it, they, they claim it is on their subtitle. Uh, the Salt Lake Fan X, uh, Fan Experience, uh, a name they, by the way, ripped off from Canada. Uh, they just haven't driven their, their uh, overly painted up <laughs> sports car up there to get sued like they did when they went to San Diego. Um, anyway, we, um, we, were, we started to talk about it last week and realized none of us were there. <laughs> none of us right. actually went. So... We know that Doug and Sarah went, so we get the Willoughby Fan X Fanks for nothing recap. <laughs> I, I think I like that title. Thanks for yeah. nothing is thanks for nothing. Yeah, since, since you mentioned it in the name, they have comics in the name. I saw exactly one comic book vendor there, 
and they right. weren't even selling. They they said they had some silver age stuff, Wait, but well, it was we gotta count. Sex. We gotta count them though, because yes. there there was a nerd store, and yes. they had comic book boxes. Yeah. So yes, and Doctor Volts was there right next door. I count those as all one now. It's not. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's not. If there, there is a there is a redheaded stepchild in the nerd star family, and it is Doctor Volt. All right, fair. Okay. Appropriate. Well, you're the manager too. Yep. I was gonna say, is that because you're the manager? No, it was always the redheaded. It would have oh. always be the redheaded stepchild. Yes. Yeah. Okay, fair. I guess okay. I just I just count you guys as like local foundation mm -hmm. so yes yeah i get it yeah. it's yeah. wrong but i get it we're doing comics there's one out of town yeah. ah. from what i understand the out-of-town comic book vendors there were two of them were selling for the most part new currently in publication issues for double uh cover yeah oh my gosh that's ridiculous price yeah right but, why yeah. whereas at dr volts we were doing dollar books and those were yeah. those were pretty current yeah, so yeah, that's 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 some bullshit right there. Well, there's a <laughs> there's a glut in the resellers market right now, um, whereas the people that have comics that want to sell those comics seem to have collected '90s image and '90s X Men titles, and that's all that people are bringing in anymore. And it it gets to a point where you're like, man, I got too much of this stuff, you know. So mm -hmm. in, incoming's been weird, and people looking for silver, gold, and even bronze now is becoming problematic, is is the people with those collections aren't selling, you know, or they've died and their families just thrown them away, you know, and now now right. we're of an age where all this 90s stuff is coming in, and, and, and it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got boxes and boxes of 90s stuff hanging around this house somewhere. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. I had I'm a box over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting rid of it, though. Yeah. Oh. I'm keeping it. Yeah. Well, I'm not buying it. it. So, so what did you guys... It. All right, let's go. Let's go. Well, you guys were there on Thursday. Yes, yeah. Thursday. Thursday. So you show up Thursday, and the crowd is... Not too bad. It was... Oh. It was a... There was, there was quite a few people there for a Thursday, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I was pretty impressed with how many people were there right off the bat and how well-behaved they seemed to be. Because we had to go pick up our uh, our passes, you know, we didn't get them early enough to uh, to get it mailed to us, and the line there just moved very quickly. Lack of organization on the uh, the management part or the you know the people controlling cloud crowds that was definite. They they didn't. Not everybody knew where to point people to. Mm. Like, you know, I picked up my, my panelist pass at the end where you do that, and they just said, head to the other end and just go ahead and go right through the middle of everything, you know, so we could have walked into the vendor's floor without them <laughs> noticing. Nice. But either way, it, it went pretty good getting getting our passes, I think, and uh, mm -hmm. good crowds. Our first, our first thing when we go is we spend Thursday shopping but not buying. Because mm -hmm. that's what we do is we shop the con. Yeah. Um, uh, but also at the same time, eight, oh, what was it? One o'clock, two o'clock, two o'clock. There was John Reese Davies and Allison Duty. Mm -hmm. 
and they had their first panel, so we went to that. Okay, awesome. Uh, and Allison yeah. Duty is the woman in Last Crusade, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. For oh, those okay. who don't know. Yes, mm -hmm. and also her revival was recently complete on RRR. Mm -hmm. Was oh. that the was that the the blonde Nazi lady? Yes, yeah. the blonde oh, okay. Nazi lady and RRR. She's the lady that pulls the the massive spiked whip out of we don't know where. That was, oh uh, my! Yeah. Ray Ray Stevenson was in that. Yes, yeah. yeah. She, she yeah. plays his wife. Oh, yeah, she plays Ray Stevenson's wife. Have you guys? If you guys have not seen it, please watch it. Um. But anyway, so the panel was interesting because uh, obviously due to the strike, they were unable to speak about work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, so, that was something I was curious about. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they were pretty solid about just talking about life and, mm -hmm. you know, what it's like to be themselves. Um, yeah, and John <laughs> Davies did have quite a bit to say on the nature of the strike without talking about his work. So, mm hmm yeah. yeah, John Reese Davies is an amazing man. If you ever get a chance, <laughs> talk to him. He is he's a wonder. So um yeah, so we spent that day shopping, looking at all the art, because they had a they re they reorganized how they laid everything out, so we had to relearn where everything was because it was a little different. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's, had, that's almost every year to me. Yeah. Yeah, they had fewer art vendors, but they had more space for them. So it was it was a little easy to navigate the whole artist section. Oh, that's kind of nice. Because I always hated, mm -hmm. like, because you'd want to stop and look at something, but there was like a traffic jam every time. It was obnoxious. Yeah, but... they gave them much more room this time to, to walk through. So that was that was helpful. Um, I think I think right off the bat the thing i noticed that was one of my biggest complaints was in organization their uh their scheduling the app was terrible this year huh that was <laughs> it, one thing uh, i liked back when i used to go yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it used it uh it's just horribly organized like you had to to look for panels you couldn't just say uh show me all the panels you had to scroll through Everything, including all the the artist signature times, the artist photo op times, everything. Oh wow! And mm. and they no longer had it searchable by people that were on panels. Boo! Right, because you go to a panel mm -hmm. and they say, "I'm going to do this later in the day," and you used to you'd look that person up, you'd click on what they were on, and you'd you know put that on your schedule, but you couldn't mm -hmm. do that this year. So. Mm. That that was, I think, my biggest complaint about the whole week weekend is I know we missed a lot of panels that we wanted to go to because we just couldn't find them. Right, and I, that's a big part of the reason that we didn't go to as many panels as we wanted to. Mm. Yeah. So, so okay, so that's Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, Friday, you get up early, you drive to Salt Lake City. You... We argue with a lady in the parking lot that was trying to hold. A parking stall for her friend that was still in traffic. Oh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was brutal because we did. We have discovered that there is a back door entrance that they do let people into, and there's oh, a parking. Uh, yeah, and there's a parking lot a block away. So, so we were able to park close and get in. But uh, Thursday or Friday was the buy day, mm -hmm. and spend a lot of money. Because we have, you know, we've been going there long enough that we know the vendors. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one particular. He does. He is a local vendor, but he sells uh, statues and things like that. And uh-huh. and he buys stuff and kind of hoards it for us to oh, get wow. first shot at. Nice. <laughs> we, we get first right of refusal on a lot of stuff, and it gets really, really expensive. I bet. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So Have fun. Yeah. So I, Thursday we just bought things. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we did go. Was Thursday the? Thursday was the day we went to the panel on um, Enola Holmes. Yes, the Enola Holmes panel, which was fantastic. That was a great panel. That sounds like that was, fun. That was yeah. Deb, wasn't it? Didn't Deb? Um, yeah. I can't think of her last name, but Deb Jensen. did that panel. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. she did. Nice. She did. It, it was. It was a fun. It was just like a fun, lively panel, which is exactly what it should be for Enola Holmes. Yeah, it was well organized. <laughs> yeah. They did they did a wonderful job of of balancing between the talking about the books and the movies. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they came up with with one of my favorite questions ever in a panel that I'm going to keep in mind for always asking panelists and other people's, which was if you had to recast this as a Muppet version, Ooh. <laughs> one person, one human, mm-hmm. who would you keep as the person, the human in the film and who would, who would be the Muppets? Ooh. <laughs> I would definitely keep, what's her name? The kid that plays Enola oh, Holmes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. But uh, Sam, the Eagle's got to play, has, has got to play, um, Inspector Lestrade. No, I was going to go with... That's good, though. No, I was mm-hmm. going to go with his brother, whose name I blanked oh, all of a sudden. Oh, yes. Um, starts with an Mycroft? M. Mycroft. Mycroft. Mycroft Holmes, Mycroft Holmes. <laughs> yes. Mycroft Holmes, and uh, mm-hmm. let's see. People said Kermit as Sherlock for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know if I'd go with Kermit, though, because Kermit could be the other... the. The younger man that she worked with. Oh yeah, the the oh, the young true. boy that she falls oh, in love with. Yeah, yeah, that that could be Kermit, and then because it should be somebody older and irritating for her, you know, like Fozzie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sherlock, oh, Fozzie would be a great That's Sherlock. A great, oh, oh my gosh, she could wear the hat. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> so that yeah that that is going to become like my go to question for everything nowadays. When I want to know what somebody thinks of things, is what would you do if you had to make it a Muppet show? I'd figure out how to get Tim Curry in it. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Oh, oh. Yeah. More of that, right? Mm-hmm. No kidding. Uh, yeah. So uh, then, well, and this this goes across all three days, but. Um, <clears throat> over by where they have some of the internal food vendors they've got yes. they still had they've done this for the past few years they have a stage set up and they yes. just like bring in local people to perform so we saw what did we see back there we saw like an anime group performing uh we had there was the the band that does star trek star stuff trek. that's always mm-hmm. in star trek outfits yeah there was a um there like was a, a grassroots shakespeare company grass, did a huh. scene from the play yeah grassroots shakespeare mm-hmm. so yeah, they keep yeah. they keep local, almost nerd centric performances going there at all times, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it, it's nice because that's right back in the the curve and the L shape that the Salt Palace in is in, mm-hmm. so it's really crowded back there. Yeah, and then you crowded. break through and there's something. I think it's what Peony's disease. What? Oh, not the curve. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was say it's where we used to see uh, concerts. Was right back there in that corner. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I was there because I was there the previous year and had a table, and we were That's right. right we were one over, so I had a whole I had a whole thing of stalls just blocking my view of the stage. So we at first when I got there, I'm like, oh, this will be a quiet little area, mm-hmm. and then the music started and i was like oh fuck me (laughs) (laughs) and it goes on all day and when i did hear the shakespeare performance i was like i can't leave my table fuckers (laughs) (laughs) anyway please to continue yes okay so then Um, i think that was everything we did thursday yeah thursday and then friday we tried to spend time Getting a few signatures from a few uh, stars, and uh, and we did our cosplay. Did our cosplay did for cosplay the week, which for was the first time in it, years. It was what? a deep cut. It yeah. was a, it was a deep cut. It was wonderful. I had this idea about awesome. two weeks ago. So we went. I mean, it was it was a casual cosplay almost because we just got Star Trek uh, TOS T-shirts mm-hmm. almost. So. That, you know, we looked Star Trek TOS because you know how cheap the original stuff was. Right. Um, and and I carried around a protest sign that said simply, Edith Keeler must die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah. was... And, and Sarah, Sarah, Sarah had a clipboard to have people sign our petition to have yep. to make sure Edith Keeler dies. No, you can't. <laughs> I told you you could put my name down because yes, Edith yeah. Keeler must die. <laughs> right. It was, I think it was wonderful because you you get such a combination of what the hell is wrong with you? Yep, people that don't understand. They're like, what did Edith Keeler do? <laughs> so I had to explain the episode. She's a fixed then, point in time and space. She had to go. Yes. yes. Well, yes. I'm sorry. And, I'm so so sorry. There's nothing I, I can do. I, it's a fixed I, point in time and space. I had my mm-hmm. pitch down to the just perfect to be able to like, well, you know, explaining how McCoy went back in time and changed it and everything. So it was either that or else you get people off in the distance looking up and reading and just starting to laugh, just mm-hmm. contagious laughter. Just and I'm yeah. like, yeah, you, you know, you that see was the best part. Yes, and, and so and I asked, I asked that... my daughter if she saw you guys, and she said I wouldn't know what they looked like. I said I know that one day they had a cosplay and they were carrying a sign that said Edith Keeler. She goes, "Must die." That Star Trek one. <laughs> yes, I saw them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I kept it up everywhere we went. You know, you never put it down except when we were sitting in panel rooms. Yeah. And so it had everybody had to see it. Yeah. Oh, uh, I love it. Everyone listening at home that doesn't know who Edith Keeler is, Star Trek. Uh, original series season, season one, one episode 28 episode 28 yeah, city on the mm-hmm. edge of forever city on the edge of forever the greatest episode in my opinion the greatest episode of the original series period. oh yes yeah. like i i put s-t-t-o-s one colon 28 yeah like, like a scripture on the bottom like a scripture <laughs> reference i thought that was i thought that was funny it was like a yeah, john yeah. 118 reference yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that was that was our cosplay that was that was what we spent our day walking around as i i had a blast doing it mm-hmm. um so and and that's you know that's how you do you, saturday is for cosplay because that's when the big crowds are there and you can show yep. off the most yeah mm-hmm. true, true. I, I miss i miss doing that we need to do it more we need yeah for even sure. casual stuff like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i mean we've got stuff planned where i've got to learn how to walk on stilts <laughs> but <laughs> You know, at my yeah. age, walking on stilts is scary because bones don't heal as fast. 
It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Get get some of those uh, get some of those drywall stilts. Then you'll be fine. Well, yeah. I got from a, I practice from a, on those. I got from a former coworker some of those springy ones for jumping around. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Those those are fun, but scary. Very brave. <laughs> so. Have to be very brave. Yeah. So uh, Saturday we did. We went to a few panels. We went to Don Bluth. Don Bluth. Don Bluth was there, mm-hmm. and I think that's my biggest regret because they had a an a original animation cell from the Dragon's Lair video game. And I passed mm-hmm. on that one. Oh. And after, afterwards, yeah. I looked at my budget have, afterwards, <laughs> and I was like, damn, I could have bought that, and I should have. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Don Bluth. Uh, um, we went to the DS9 panel. The DS9 panel, and we went to the Star Trek panel with, uh, it had Daniel Logan. Star Wars. Or Star Wars, yeah, sorry. That's okay. Star Wars panel, it had Daniel Logan, Katie Sackhoff, uh Gina Carano oh. and, and Salt Lake, Salt Lake, Salt Lake fan, fan X is her uh, safe space now. Oh, it was. Yeah. yeah. And then it had the guy that played the Wookiees in um, in the uh, Book, of Book of Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Yes. Speaking of safe spaces, Gina Carano got cheered more than anybody on that panel. Uh, especially fucking when she Utah. referenced standing up yeah. for your values. Oh, yeah. Fucking Utah. And I, I do want to give her a small, tiny piece of credit because she is she didn't start it. She wasn't the one who brought it up. And everybody, oh. sometime, anytime someone asking a question brought it up, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't milk it. it. She didn't yeah. take advantage of it. Right. So, Okay. So well, she with... showed a little bit of class. A, a little bit. Situation. You know, yeah, the way, that's good. That's good. The way. I've I've kind of got it laid out is, and I, and, and and this is a left show a little bit, and I apologize, but it's mm-hmm. it's I'm sorry I got caught saying things I believe, as opposed to <laughs> I'm sorry I said something stupid that I don't believe, you know. Mm-hmm. And so okay, so she's being casual about it, but it feels like that's more career advancement and trying to put herself on a better plane than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know you pop out with that anti-trans shit and you pop out with that anti-Semitic shit. That's that's your deep-held stuff, man. It's mm-hmm. true. We don't just we don't just say th- those kind of things on accident. Yeah, those, that's, that's, that's the class part out loud shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, I don't know. You guys know Chelsea Bloomfield? No. Uh, she's a a, a rollerballer. Um, she hosts the 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 monthly uh, graphic novel book club. She's mm-hmm. okay. She is, but yeah, she 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 wrote up a, a little two paragraph thing on Facebook a couple days ago that uh, that basically ended with "It's incredibly disheartening and it's straight up palpatine energy. It's gross. Be better." Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and that was that was that she wrapped it up really well. Uh, Star Wars, with its iconic heroes and heroines, has always been a symbol of hope, celebrating the idea that anyone, regardless of their background, can rise to be a force for good. It's championed diversity and conveyed powerful messages about unity and the fight against oppression. However, when someone associated with the franchise openly promotes views that undermine those fundamental principles, it is incredibly disheartening, and it's straight-up Palpatine energy. It's gross. Be better. Mm-hmm. Well written, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. I, it's... Uh, I've yeah, always been a fan. Well that's well awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so back to your 
Going back to your Deep Space Nine panel, that was mm -hmm. uh, Bob Easton's panel. Yes, yes, it was. That he got. And what did he wind up? Um, I understood he wound up, or at least I he inferred he wound up uh, moderating it because the moderator didn't show up. No. No, no okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, okay. Yeah. Good. It, it was it was good. It was just love for DS9. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And and a lot of a, a really good conversation about faith in sci-fi shows. Yeah. Because Deep Space Nine is one of the few that actually has it as kind of like a core mm -hmm. thread running through the entire story arc. So Yeah, it was it was, was deeply it was deeply ironic to me that two competing shows at the same time, Deep Space Nine and Babylon Five, both had huge religious elements. Right. That were it was like, are are the writers like having are playing poker together or having drinks together after work or something? I mean, this is this is yeah. way too similar here. Yeah, yeah, right. it was a good time. I yeah. was going to say that's the thing that I miss about going to FanX is the camaraderie. I miss there was such mm -hmm. a good energy and such a good crowd of all of us that used to all go and I've had those memories popping up in my Facebook feeds over the last few weeks and. Yeah, there's a little bit of sadness there for me, but I also still just can't. It's too icky for me. So. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I mean, there's mm -hmm. there's things they can still improve on. Um, hopefully they will. Uh, I missed seeing all our friends because we used to, you know, it used to be every day you'd see two or three people you knew. Mm -hmm. And this time, I think I only... The crazy thing is the one time that that we we saw two people we knew Saturday Saturday but the one the well three cuz we saw Bob Well yeah Bob Easton well, Bob we, we hunted him down that yes, that, doesn't <laughs> that doesn't count we hunted him down at a panel but just randomly <laughs> in the people mm -hmm. we saw two people we knew and one of them is somebody from out of state even mm. you know, he oh, currently wow. lives in massachusetts i think somewhere back east. On, on the east coast mm -hmm. and he flew in and he saw us just mm. he's like willoughby's Yay. <laughs> that, that kind of made my moment it was just like hey yeah that's awesome so, that was yeah, did, one of my uh, memories one of my memories that came up involved you guys actually because i had posted like that in the first 15 minutes of con i had found four sweeties three something two willoughby's and one deborah jensen so yeah, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. i had a hat trick <laughs> i would i would love to see the community come back together like that to be able to do that but i don't know things are well you know this november the last oh. three years. <laughs> yeah yeah this and, november and... at wasatch comic-con <laughs> this is true an actual comic book convention you know yes. let's get everybody back together yeah and then I think other than that, the next improvement was that uh, uh, food trucks actually figured out they could make money. Oh, usually good. there's yeah. two or three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this time there was all of them all the way down uh, second west. Oh, yeah. Wow. Probably nice. like 10 of them at least. Yeah, so. Michelle said there was nothing but food trucks down the front of the Salt Palace. Yeah. yeah. And I said, good. It's about yeah. time they figured out they could, they should be there. Yeah. yeah, that's that was a first, and that was good to see. Mm -hmm. Did yeah. uh, did anybody catch Braxton's panel? No, no, that was no because we couldn't find out when it was. Mm -hmm. Stupid app problems with the app. Yeah. So because that was, I mean, really the the his panel was, um, uh, I think it was Japanese takes on American monsters. 
Yeah. Oh. And and that mm. one was actually quite interesting to me. I was like, oh, I would it's if if anything triggered me other than Katie Sackoff and and the Katie Sackoff thing made me be like, well, maybe I could just go down for a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wait, she's sharing the stage with Gina Carino? No, never mind. Nope. Even my not love for Katie Sackhoff is not stronger than my distaste for Gina Carino. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. They had, like, a lot of the franchises, they didn't give the actors their own spotlight panels in the ballroom. A lot of them were just groups, so I don't know if Katie had a choice. Oh, no, I don't think it would have anything to do with her. Yeah. No, she's uh-huh. divine but perfection. She's fine. <laughs> It's, well, that's that's one thing. It's 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 a salt palace problem. Is that they've only got one ballroom now. They used to have two, yep. but because yeah. they added the hotel, they lost all that space. Oh mm. yeah, yeah, that's true. So that's I think that's why we're the original grand ballroom is gone because yep. of the a hotel. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So with only one ballroom, I think we're seeing a lot more. The last two two uh, fan X's have been more mm-hmm. group panels in on that in that ballroom. Yeah. Well, I think I think they figured also they also figured out they do better if they do group panels. Um, the yeah. celebrities are happier that they don't have to do more than one panel in the weekend because sometimes that can be a pain in the arse, especially when you're not allowed to talk about your work. Right. Um, and then secondly, they wouldn't want to be, um, you know, of, of course it's it's basically more bang for your buck if you go to one. You can go to one panel, catch everything, and then you know, yeah. Get in, line seen, to, get in line to star fuck uh, yeah. back in the back. Yeah. yeah. I've seen all four of the two stars I wanted to see. Now I can, instead of spending four hours doing that, I spent one. Yeah. Right. So, right. Yeah. And I go yeah. stand in their line and get their autographs. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. Yep. Because that was the other thing is you'd miss panels waiting in line for, you know, an autograph because the autograph lines are usually really, especially for uh, A and B listers, it's really long. They're really long lines. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. some of those, some of those stars, like John Reese Davies, just loves to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he was, uh, he was one thing that I was like, I'm definitely doing this year was talking to him, because about five years ago, I got to tell this story because this was my goal for the con, and I accomplished <laughs> it. Accomplished it. Five years ago or so, last time he was here, uh, Sarah wanted a, a picture of him signed, so we stood and waited in line, did the thing. And as soon as he's up there, she's like, I want a picture of you as Gimli. And I said, you know, to me, you will always be Sala. Sala. And Sala. Oh, man, he, he brightened up. He goes, screw it. These are mine. I can do what I want. And he grabs a picture of Sala, signs it, and gives it to me for free. Aww. Aww. <laughs> and, and while we're doing that, he catches on that I'm a mechanic because my hands are dirty. What? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he, starts, he starts talking about that, and he starts telling me about a car that he's having built. And he's like, "I'm having this this Bentley built with with a Chevy LS engine. You know the LS, right? You know it's, uh, the whole thing." And this it's my greatest memory from Khan, to be honest, ever. And it always remembers. He goes, "As soon as that thing's done, it's gonna go like shit off a shovel." <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I had to ask him about it and he just looks at me he's just like oh you brought that up type thing he's like well one engineer died and then another one quit and so it's still in the works they're still working on it oh. <laughs> yeah he was so, so depressed 
So it's like, it's still good. It's still going to get done. And I'm like, I'll ask you next time you're here. There you go. So there did you? Go. Well, no, this. That this, was the conversation this, was this time. This oh, conversation. Yeah. Oh, so I got you. Stayed on the car. Between five years ago and now, it hasn't been finished. Thanks, COVID. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> you ruined John Reese davies hot rod. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Talk- I can't wait until you can tell me about that update. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You had to talk to John Reese davies Any other autographs or uh, photo ops that you guys did? Uh, we didn't do any photo ops. We got we got um, Katie Sackoff's autograph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we just <laughs> there, and I was like, "Oh, it, it's fine. I don't want to spend any of the money. We don't need it." And then I, she was talking to somebody at the table, and she smiled, and I was like, "It, it was magic. I was mesmerized." <laughs> it is magic. <laughs> She's magic. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. She's wonderful. Her her smile and her she's got a charisma that's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she you know, very nice. <laughs> she was she very... Yeah, again, she couldn't talk about work, so I asked her. She had on like a thumb brace, and I asked her about it. So, and oh. she got it from holding. She needed the thumb brace from holding her baby up. Yeah, mm. so, I guess they call it mommy thumb. Mommy Probably. thumb, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yep. uh, and then uh, we got a signature of Don Bluth, and that that well, that was <laughs> that was pretty much it, except for the one guy that insisted we get his signature. Um, oh, from Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, uh... Okay, Star Trek Next Generation, it's the episode in Season 7 where everybody starts to de-evolve. Yes. Yeah, and so there's an ensign on the bridge, and Worf ends up killing him, so the big shot is just him dead in his chair with, like, these huge claw marks across Yeah, his yeah. Face. Yeah. He was that there. Guy. Oh, he was there and insisted <laughs> on giving autographs. Oh, okay. Well, well, he saw us in our, our, our uh, Star Trek costumes oh, yeah. and he called us over he's like guys i gotta talk to you yeah. and then he just he just uh, talking about his experience on star trek and and really wanted a wanted us to have his signature and everything so yeah we bought it yeah we came it, it was fun to talk to him it mm-hmm. was yeah so. we got to learn his i wish i could remember the guy's name his uh his theory that the uh in galaxy quest the guy oh, Fleekman, the gal- the, uh, yeah, yeah um, is is based on him. Guy Fleek, uh, <laughs> yeah. What's his? Oh, I can't, what's the actor's name now? I, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's Sam Rockwell's uh, yeah. Based yeah. on him, he thinks because they do kind of have the same hair look and something. What's like that. my right, last so, name? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I have the same hair. I was in one episode. I died in that episode. <laughs> so that character is based on me. That's fun. Um, I hate to say it, but he's actually uh, there's another ensign he's based on. But anyway, oh, I'm <laughs> from, sure. from the original series, not from Next Gen. Yeah, yeah. Sure, but you're not. You know, the guy was having too much fun. You're not going to bust yeah. his bubble. Yeah, okay. I would. I would burst his bubble. Although, you know, I am the kind of guy that would go, well, actually. <laughs> yeah, true. It's very true. Nerd yeah. arguments. I would have a nerd fight. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So, so that sounds like. It sounds like at least you had some fun. Oh, yeah. We had our yeah. kind of fun, and I enjoyed uh, it. The crowds seemed pretty pretty well-behaved, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't run into anybody except for, I mean, we had one guy that tried to make our cosplay political, but other than that, you know. What? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So a couple of teenagers asked us, what did Edith Keeler do? And so we're explaining it to him. And this is at, like, 
12 o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. early, early on Saturday still. And this, this fat old guy walks up and he, he just sounded drunk as all get out. And he looks yep. at his sign and he goes, sure that shouldn't say Biden. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, just, I just looked at him and I said, sir, we're talking about the 1930s. <laughs> and he didn't know how to respond to that. So he just kind of wandered away. I probably would have launched it. Well, actually, it was the policies of Joe Biden that helped usher in uh, what would become the, uh, the the way that Ephraim Cochran was able to build the Phoenix, because that, <laughs> that technology would not have been there had not Joe Biden put in those policies in his second term. <laughs> I, would yeah. just, I would have just dug into him as much as I could. And then, when, and then when he passed away midway through the second term and we got we got President Harris, she really did did her did a lot to make sure that old uh, boomers didn't get to have their say. <laughs> and the Fox News was finally taken off the air. I would have probably launched into something like that. But that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> that's after arguing with the Ensign guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that felt like the only bad behavior I ran across. Yeah. I don't... No, I, I didn't run into anything personally directed at mm-hmm. me. Um, I, we did hear from a friend that there were a lot of people saying they were getting body checked especially on saturday oh so, yeah which is i it's kind of weird saturday was not as busy as it usually is like yeah, there weren't mm. as many people on saturday so interesting perhaps there was a pickpocket pickpocket or something but going on yeah maybe yeah i never i didn't hear any of that from my daughter but yeah. doesn't surprise so, me i mean I, mm-hmm. i'm actually i saw less posts about people having shit stolen this year than normal Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, good. That's good. Yeah. So, or it could just be that people I know didn't get robbed this time. I don't. Know. <laughs> that could be too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you know. do you do you guys want to stick with us through the news? Sure. Sure. If you okay. want to have us, I would yeah. be delighted. I just need uh, somebody to introduce the news. Yeah. Let's uh, let's dive into the news. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Michael Gambon, uh, famous for. Uh, that last corner on Watch oh, a Celebrity corner. Drive a Car on Top, Top Gear. And I had always assumed that the reason it got named is because he had done, I had never seen the episode, is he'd done something terrible. And the truth was is that he actually hit that corner going so fast he almost rolled the car. Nice. <laughs> so they named it Gambon Corner. But anyway, um, you might know him as uh, the replacement Dumbledore in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. uh, the angry, scary, screamy one. Yes. <laughs> Why didn't they just dress up Jared Harris, for fuck's sake? Regardless, <laughs> Gambon did okay. Irish-born actor, knighted mm-hmm. for his illustrious career on stage and screen, who went on to gain admiration uh, with his portrayal of Dumbledore. In six of the eight Harry Potter films, he was 82 years old. Died Wednesday following a bout of pneumonia. Boo. Sad. Ew. Yep. Very big. <sighs> yeah, but this dude has been around for more than a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has been. Um, yes, got he has his been. first big break with a minor role in 1963 in Hamlet. National Theater Company's opening production under the directorship of legendary Laurence Olivier. Yo. Sir Laurence Olivier. Mm. Yes, quite. Um, yeah, uh, distinguished stage actor, uh, movie actor, did a little TV, and was amazing. Um, 
Big bucket of win for him. I'm sorry he's dead. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, David McCullum, uh, actor, British actor. Um, mm-hmm. You, younger folks, might recall him as Ducky in NCIS. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he was also uh, in The Man from Uncle, The Great Escape, The Secret Place. And uh, has been around for fucking ever. Yeah, he unfortunately shares a role with a cannibal now, uh, thanks to Man from Uncle. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he they they played the same role. Uh, uh, I can't remember Kirillov or Kir- I can't remember the name exactly. I know it starts with a K. Uh, but he was a Russian agent in Man from Uncle. I was going to say he's the Russian agent, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Kiryakin. Something like that, yeah. I can see it. I cannot get it out of my mouth. I don't know why. <laughs> yep, yep. But... Much like, much like Army Hammer. Oh, <laughs> Barbara Hochter Lynch, former NPR host, has passed away at seventy-seven. Um, died after a struggle with cancer on September eighteenth at a rehab in Summers, New York, where she spent her final days receiving care. Um. Yeah, she uh, she was in NPR in the late 70s when she was hired to host the weekend broadcast of All Things Considered. In 1979, mm-hmm. she debuted the first Top of the Day News with Morning Edition alongside Bob Edwards uh, as host. Uh, Hochter Lynch covered a wide range of current events, such as the Carter administration during the Iran hostage crisis and the 80s presidential election. She has passed away at the age of 77. Sad. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Fry about had a fucking heart attack when he found out that uh, uh, AI stole his voice from the Harry Potter audiobooks yes. and replicated it without his consent. Oh, yeah. Honestly, if I were an artificial intelligence and I was trying to find a voice that gave me gravitas, I would choose Stephen Fry as well. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make it right. That certainly is true. Something he would never say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, his... I don't know. I think it, I, I think anything in AI would say is something Stephen Fry would say. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you watched the early seasons of QI? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he Just is he's nuts. he's a genius and a half, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, somebody somebody put his voice on a on a pro union thing. Mhm. You know, um Using AI to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, he played a clip of his own voice narrating a historical documentary, only it wasn't his voice. It was an AI replication of his voice. I said hmm. not one word of that. It was a machine. Yes, it shocked me, Fry said. They used my reading of the seven volumes of Harry Potter books, and from that data set, an AI of my voice was created, and it made that new narration. What you heard was not the result of a mashup. This is from a flexible artificial voice where the words are modulated to fit the meaning of each sentence. It could, therefore, have me read anything from a call to storm parliament to hard porn. Okay, you know what my porn needs? (laughs) (laughs) Stephen Fry doing narration. I am on board with that. Fifty Shades of Grey narrated by Stephen Fry. Yes. <laughs> As read by Stephen Fry. Or anything. So yeah, he's yeah. uh he's pissed. His agents are pissed. Everybody's pissed. Um 
you know, but uh, we'll talk about it a little later. But the the writer strike got their their uh, got what they wanted as far as AI goes. So mm-hmm. fingers now crossed. It's the, now it's the uh, now it's SAG to get what to get that same offer. Yeah, yeah. Baby steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, in the news, something fucking happy. Not really. Not really. All it does is point out a systematic problem. Uh, mm-hmm. The Academy is replacing uh, Hattie McDaniel's Oscar that's been missing for more than 50 years. Hattie McDaniel uh, was the first black person to be nominated for and to win an Oscar for supporting role as Mammy in the 1939 film Gone with the Wind. Mm. She went on to act in more than 300 movies. Yes. Shortly before her death from breast cancer in 1952... <laughs> 1952. She asked that the Oscar be moved from her home to Howard University in Washington. Um, But the plaque, which preceded the gold statuettes and was given to supporting winners from 36 to 42, suddenly disappeared from the school's fine arts building. Well, they're going to replace it. Good. Fat fucking lot of good it's going to do for Hattie, but there we are. (laughs) (laughs) You know... Somebody will take care of it. Hopefully take care of it better since it got stolen. How yeah. fucking long is it? You make them every year. Make a spare. <laughs> Look, here, it comes down to this. Once upon a time in 2010, I won a City Utah Best of Award mm-hmm. for the best 168th hour of radio. Yes. Um, did, not, did not receive my plaque. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not receive the banner that I bought because <laughs> fucking hey, I want something. Um, and then for years, yeah, I've 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 tried to see are they in a box somewhere? You know, if you guys made them, can I buy them? Can I get a spare? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've only got my other wins for uh, Left Show and Whole Three Twenty Two. Yep, yep. So there's that, but that. As they say, lamentably, is the news. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're talking moving pictures. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Elena Huffman, Abaddon on Supernatural, and you are listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. nothing wrong with your television do not attempt to adjust the picture we are now controlling the transmission we control the horizontal and the vertical we can deluge you with a thousand channels or expand one single image to crystal clarity and beyond please stand by so what have you guys been watching on the tvs this week start with Joss. 
Um, besides, I did catch up on Ahsoka, and we'll talk okay. about that at the we'll end. We'll talk about that at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched, uh, what did I watch? I watched uh, Rogue One, just because I was like, ooh, I'm having a bad day. I want to watch some Star Wars. Um, and I forgot how much I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> that was a good movie. It was really Very good. Very good movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I watched uh, the Clone Wars animated movie. Um, because of Ahsoka, I was like, you know what? Fine. I give in. You sold it. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka is what's finally going to get me to watch it. And I think I've actually watched parts of the Clone Wars because I knew what was going on. So that's happy. Um, you need to talk to a Star-, Star Wars fan and get the spreadsheet of how you watch Clone Wars, I think. No, no. <laughs> I have decided that I am enough of a Star Wars fan that I'll just watch them in whatever order I decide. Okay, that's fair. I constantly, every time I watch Star Wars, I'm constantly Googling, when in the heck are we talking about on our timeline? Because I can't Mm -hmm. keep track. It's too much work. So I'm just going to watch it and enjoy it like I do and not do the deep dive. Mm -hmm. And then this is the one that might shock everybody. Are you guys ready for this? I watched the first half of the Suicide Squad movie. What? The the first one or the the second one? Which Suicide Squad movie? Yeah, which one? The Suicide Squad. Oh, James Gunn. James Gunn, because you guys all have told me that this is the good one. Yes, it is. I only watched half of it, and it's not, I'll be honest, it's not because I was not enjoying it. Mm. Um, It was more that my my permanent roommate got home and also has not seen it, and I thought that he had. Uh. So I thought if I was watching it and he came home, he could just, like, jump in, but he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the first half, I didn't hate it. I wondered who the hell all those people were, but then, you know, that happened. So that was fine. Um, yeah. So I'm going to have to find time to like carve out to sit and watch the last half of it and see how I enjoy it. And then I'm hoping to launch into Peacemaker because I am enjoying John Cena in this movie quite a lot. Peacemaker is oh. something else. I yeah. know that's what you yeah. guys have all said, and I haven't um, watched it yet. So. Pe- Peacemaker takes a few cues from the boys. I it doesn't it. go as far as the boys, but it takes a few cues from the boys. Yeah. Totally fair. Totally fair. Nothing um, would have written thought. Garth Ennis kind of stuff, but it definitely, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's some stuff there. Yeah. I was like, Ooh. oh, that's, that's right out of the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't seen a better performance by a bald eagle since one tried to attack Donald Trump. how about how about you jeff what'd you watch this week well i got some exciting stuff this week um Mm. first off uh let's see i'm scrolling down uh welcome to wrexham i can i can admit that i watched uh that uh this week because tiffany's off doing family stuff and doesn't know that i watched it without her oh fair enough oopsie daisy and she doesn't listen to the show so i'm safe She did. She walked in. She showed up back home halfway through, and I had to stop the episode and come back to it a day later because of <laughs> because of guilt. Guilt. So much guilt. It was another. Uh, it was another two episodes dropped. Yeah. Um, the first one was Sean's vacation. Sean's vacation, and I loved the hell out of that one. Oh, the fact that they had to hire an actor to do to do to do the 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 scenes because he yeah, wouldn't let to... the documentary crew go on his vacation <laughs> so yes. they get this bald-headed buff old dude yep you know and they put him in uh ducky speedos 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. so funny. Instead of having oh Sean, uh, it was great. It was it was awesome. And then, but then the second one was, I was like, what the fuck are what the fuck is this? Second place. And, my, and, and it paid off at the end when they talked about how this other team, Knotts County, they asked them to interview with you know for their. Uh, for their documentary, and they said we want nothing to do with your shitty documentary. Shove it up here. It was no. <laughs> they, like, they answered like, no. This, yeah, you just answered this this yeah. episode for me. Yeah. The answer was no. <laughs> Take your shite documentary and shove it up your ass. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was Knotts County. That was Knotts County. And I was like, yeah, you you've nailed this this whole episode because there was a lot of Susan Lucy for uh, a, a a documentary show about. Um, a Welsh football team. They're yeah. trying <laughs> desperately to get the town to let go of its fatalism. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you are a Ted Lasso fan, mm-hmm. uh, this dovetails quite nicely into the whole, uh, it's the hope that gets you speech. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like that second episode. The first one cracked me up and the second one made me thoughtful. Mm-hmm. You know, and usually I'm against thoughtful. Uh, you know, on my TV, I'd rather just watch. But uh, no, it was good. I, I really liked it. Uh, I watched uh, Lower Decks and yeah. fucking loved it. Yes. I just, that show just continues to blow me away. I love it. Um, let's see. I Last night, I watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the first one. Oh, I love that mm-hmm. movie. Um, to play for Tiffany so that we could watch the second one. And uh, she fell asleep because that's what she does oh, when no. I turn on movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yep. we're going to watch the second one anyway because she had a goddamn chance. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she did. Um, and then, oh, I did a thing, gang. And I didn't write it down, and I'm so sorry about that. But I did a thing. I did a thing that I do to torture Tiffany from time to time, and that is I play bad 80s uh, cinema. Oh, no. Oh. What did you make her watch? Roadhouse. Oh, oh yes! Oh, that's great. Yes. <laughs> At least it wasn't blood sport yet. <laughs> yet. yet. That's all there. But it's just it's it's remember you got to be nice until it's time not to be nice. That's right. Um, what a terrible movie! <laughs> what a bad. I mean, I, I remember it being I bad. Will. I still fucking love that movie, and it is an awful movie, and I fucking love it. I love watching it. I get such a kick out of it. That and Navy Seals are two of my favorite awful movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But like the bad guy, you know, the antagonist. Yeah. Why am I scared of this little itty bitty old guy? Why? <laughs> I'm I'm Dalton. I could punch this guy into next week. Which you he know? does, but yeah, it's this whole, and he's he's literally right across the 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 creek from him. I thought that was hilarious. But with uh, uh, one of the things that. I forget is how sometimes even bad cinema can can dictate certain movements you make in your life. Mm-hmm. And later in my life, you know, when I was running bouncing crews, when I was an actual cooler, mm-hmm. roadhouse rules were my rules. And I didn't realize <laughs> until last night that that's where the fuck I got them. Yep. <laughs> You know, yep. subconscious. Yeah, and that's just one of the things. Is it's like anything you do, whatever you do, you get it outside as fast as possible because you don't want to fuck up the furniture. 
And the whole be nice until it's time to not be nice was absolutely my philosophy. Mm -hmm. And I did fire guys who went, who shot off the handle, you know, and would start being punchy before they tried Mm -hmm. being, being kind or even just physically overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you can wrap a guy up and carry his ass out without breaking anything. But if you Mm -hmm. punch him, you're going to start a fight and you start those fights outside. Right. That would be where me and the movie went a little different is it's like, oh, once you guys are outside, do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. So yep. uh, just don't 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 kill anybody. Don't don't kill them. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that everything was... from the getting the, the car getting vandalized every night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to the, uh, you know, Tai Chi on the on the on the creek shore. Yeah. Uh, the uh, having sex against the wall. Which just feel feels painful. Um, it was a, it was a brick. Actually, happened. It was and a then, brick. And then Sam Elliott. Yeah, you that his performance in it just made the movie for me so so much. I fucking love Sam Elliott in that movie. There was um, from Sam Elliott, I believe, a couple of uh, of lines mm-hmm. that that dissuade that dissolve some of the toxic masculinity of the movie especially when he looks patrick swayze in the eye you know and says i love you mijo yeah you know and pat mm-hmm. swayze's like yeah i love you too buddy and then they move on and i was like oh that was big people don't say that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's certainly not in the 80s nope yeah for sure nope. But then again, it was 1989 when this movie came out and uh, it moves us towards the sensitive ponytail guy in the 90s Mm-hmm. <laughs> which given all of the fucking mullets in this movie should not have been that hard to grow yeah sam pulled his hair back into a ponytail at one point so you know he got to be mr sensitive ponytail man yep and, so then, and then that blind um the blind singer guitar player oh healy that was so yeah, yeah jeff, healy. jeff healy jeff healy who was so popular right at that time and i was like of course you're gonna put him in this movie and uh, <laughs> i would say in the whole for, even for being just such a shitty fucking movie, mm-hmm. the only the only person that pulled me out of it that did not belong there uh, was uh, Kathleen Wilhoit, and she just played this bubbly little fucking waitress who served mm-hmm. no purpose. Sang a song at one point. I mean, it was just yep. like she was popular. They put her in the movie, even mm-hmm. though she really didn't belong there. And Kelly Lynch, I'm so sorry, is odd looking. <laughs> I mean, fair. You can have that opinion. Yeah. I mean, they they framed her exactly as the as the love interest, and that was all there was to it. That was there was no other purpose for her to be there other than to give some stitches so that they could meet. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it did not pass the Betchel test at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, that's uh, that's what I watched. What about you, sir? Uh, so we had the Reservation Dogs series finale, which was series? bittersweet. Series? Yeah, series that finale. Season? Yeah. Aww. So um, it's all on Hulu. You can watch seasons one through three. I fucking highly recommend it. It is probably one of my favorite shows that Taika Waititi has produced. Um, uh, dealing with um, basically this this group of kids living on a living on a reservation in Oklahoma. And it goes beyond the kids because you start hearing about all you start learning about other people living on the reservation with them. And, uh, you know, from the elders uh, down through the the, mid, the middle aged ones, the, the mid range ones, the adults. And then, of course, the kids themselves. And as they call them, 
kids, shit asses. <laughs> so the shit asses are always a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I mean, I fucking love this this show. I, and I'm sad that they decided to end it, but you know what? It ended beautifully. It ended appropriately in some ways, if you think about it. But at the same time, I was like, damn it, I really would love to have like 10 more years of this because right, <laughs> right. it was such a good, such a good little series. Um, we already talked about Lord Dex and uh, Wrexham. We'll get to Ahsoka here. Uh, the Great British Baking Show is back. So, of course, I'm watching it because I fucking love that show. So I was watching it. Um, and then the wife and I decided what the hell we're going to watch it. We watched FUBAR. We haven't finished it yet, but we did watch FUBAR. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, series on Netflix. Yeah, I watched some of that. Yeah, I'll tell you, if if you don't like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, don't watch it. Because it's it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in a way. He's a CIA agent. He's a CIA agent who finds out quite by accident that his daughter, who he thought was the perfect child, is now is also a CIA agent, and she's as badass as he is. They're both like, you know, forward operatives. They don't, they, they get in fights and, and do all that crazy shit. And meanwhile, he, he ruined his marriage because he couldn't tell his wife what he actually did for a living. He had to make up that he sold gym equipment. And um, it just, because he, he winds up on the same team as his daughter because they're working in the same case, it just gets crazier and crazier. It is a comedy. And Arnold pulls out all of his comedy stuff. So all the all the funny Arnold Schwarzenegger movies you see, you've seen, you will see an element of that in this movie. Remember when I series. said I would kill you last? Yeah, he hasn't I done lied. that one yet, but I'm waiting for it. Yep. Uh, no, there was a moment like um, you got the 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 face from uh, Twins when you know after he got laid in Twins, you get that face at one point. You get uh, you get a couple of moments that I was like, that's right out of Kindergarten Cop and. Um, you know, that's out of junior and, and stuff like that. You know, I, I could, I could find his comedy movies and go, yep, that's out of that. That's out of that. Uh, overall, the show's got heart. Like I said, if you don't like Arnold Schwarzenegger and you don't like his movies, you could, you're probably not going to like this, but I've, uh, I grew up in the eighties. I fucking love Arnold Schwarzenegger. So yeah, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. They're terrible, bad movies that I love to watch. (laughs) Fair. They're, they're like Roadhouse and Navy Seals. It's like, I saw every single... I saw every single Arnold Schwarzenegger movie up to Eraser. Yep. As soon as it mm-hmm. came out, because I fucking couldn't get enough of it. And and the worst the the worse the movie was, the more I was like, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he had fantastic movies, you know. Like the one with Jamie Lee Curtis. What was the name of that one? True um, Lies. True Lies. And this felt a little like True Lies the sequel. Yeah. Except That's that what it, I was gonna ask you. Is like is yeah. it you know, taking the idea of that character and, and yeah. moving him and into the future, moving him into his, his into his seventies, and or well, I guess in this case he'd be in his sixties um, because he's supposed to be retiring, um, and he can't retire because he's got one last job. He's got one last guy he has to get, and uh, of course his daughter's after her, after him too. So it's it's this uh, just fun. Uh, it's funny where they're like, I know you haven't done dialect you know training for a while i'm like he never that guy his character never went to dialect training (laughs) (laughs) he's only got an austrian accent that's it yeah it's like everybody else is like they they made they made some comment about somebody had to oh it was the his his buddy who is who sort of is uh his tech guy behind the scenes 
um, he had he winds up having to do an op playing doing a poker game. And she said, you're going to be a Nigerian, uh, well, a wealthy Nigerian. I was like, a Nigerian prince, perhaps? Uh, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't go that far. I was, I was thinking that, though. And uh, they said, uh, they, she said, you haven't, you haven't been to dialect training for a while. And I'm like, he never went, for one thing. I can tell you that. He never went to dialect training. But, yeah, when he, when he gets there, he starts doing his accent. His, the girl who's working with him, she goes, what accent was that? He goes, Wakandan. I didn't have time to really study. <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. Uh, just the whole thing's a funny, a fun comedy. Lots of good action. Um, heartfelt in a family kind of sense. You could watch it with your kids, I guess. Um, yeah, maybe not the little kids. You know, fair, <laughs> I wouldn't watch. Fair. I wouldn't watch it with the tiny kids. There's some. There's some uh, body talk and stuff all the way through. Uh, yeah. So I watched that, and then of course we had Ahsoka. But before we dive into Ahsoka, how about you guys? Anything you want to talk about before Ahsoka? Um, well, let's see. Yeah. You haven't mentioned only murders in the building. I'm so far behind. I'm still in season two. Okay. Oh, that's that's it, a, it, I, it continues I'm, to be just as good. Yeah, I'm on. Not. So I'm delightful. on. I'm on episode one, and that I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That's, I feel that's a loss. It yeah. is a fun one, and I do love it. It's just finding that time. And I jumped on late right. like I do to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, yeah. it's not going anywhere. I mean, it's I not like... Not like I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that anymore. Watch it while I can. Because like HBO, they're like, oh, well, we're not going to pay for this shit anymore. You know, we're, we're taking it off our, all of our streamers. It's like... How the fuck do we watch it, dude? <laughs> that and one of the other big ones that we we make sure we watch when it comes out is Futurama. Yeah. Mm, oh, the, the yeah. Season eleven of Futurama. Mm -hmm. It is still doing great even after the the long break they took mm -hmm. when when Fox canceled them and Hulu picked them up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, this week was um, uh, all about are we living in a simulation? I love that yeah. idea, so, and I've been wanting to watch it. We watched it as a family and it's one of those where can't get everybody together to watch the fucking thing now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's what makes it, makes it difficult. Uh, we watched lower decks, lower decks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Le Lego masters is back. Oh yes. Season three oh, of Lego masters. Nice. If you like to watch Will Arnett talk about Legos and <laughs> just be outrageous. Will Arnett. <laughs> be very awkward. Yeah. So, uh, that's uh, other than the stuff you guys mentioned. That's pretty much what we're into. I mean, we I think so and Ahsoka. We don't do the mm -hmm. Great British Baking Show, but we do do. Uh, uh, Is it cake? Oh and, yeah, and nailed it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love both of those it. on Netflix. Yeah, both those on Netflix. Those are good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, <laughs> just before we start on Ahsoka, uh, <laughs> my brother texted me last weekend. <laughs> asking saying hey i'm watching this great show called ahsoka are you watching it and <laughs> she played along she's like yeah what tell me about what is this i tell love my brother it. so much i had to take advantage of it so i kind of strung him along for a couple of days and then yeah monday he was kind of like are you messing with me <laughs> I was like, yeah only, yeah. only only big time yeah right. <laughs> right so it was it was kind of it was fun to watch it this week just knowing that my brother was watching it too so that is fun i yeah. love it so let's talk about ahsoka yes i uh, want to right up front i want to thank you guys for 
kicking me off last week while you guys talked mm-hmm. because that meant I went in totally blind and mm-hmm. oh my gosh the one benefit to having not watched it as it aired was that I got to watch five and six like back to back together which I know oh, you that guys makes even, yeah. complained about mm-hmm. uh, but yeah go let's hear it so what do we have we had uh we got the rebels back together Mm-hmm. Uh, with the exception of Hera, who's going through her own shit back in uh, back in the Republic. Um, that, by the way, I want to just talk about the Hera scene, and it's it's a bit of a spoiler because of the cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the just the the Matt Gates motherfucker <laughs> up there, oh, <laughs> just just like, can we really believe that? This sounds like a fairy tale. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. It was 20 years ago. Jedi were fucking everywhere. <laughs> you mm-hmm. fucking idiot. Oh, God. I, 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 he was pissing me off. And so to have that moment uh, with, the, with the special guest cameo and to have him like, he's like, are we going to just listen to this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> he may be the second most annoying character in the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> But I got to give it to him. He's technically one of the heroes, if not the hero, of the Battle of Endor. Right? Well, when you yeah. break it down. If it wasn't for him, you know, who, yeah. how would we have won the Battle of Endor? When you, the Ewoks joining. Exactly. When so you, when you break don't it down, give me that. One of the things <laughs> that, that, that I read online was that the Star Wars trilogy was basically... Or the the, the 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 Skywalker run was basically a story of how this one family was really shitty to this golden droid. Yes. <laughs> it was just it was just yeah, a, it was a multi generational like abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. It's quite true. It's quite true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, so that 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 scene with Hera. Um, I do want to point out, though, that, you know, when you're watching this on an HD TV, their rank insignia on their jackets, I'm like, I could use a cough drop. Could I? Could I get a cough drop? (laughs) (laughs) I think she's got the secrets and uh, what's his name? The X-Wing guy. He's got the uh, the cool ones, the ones that cool your throat. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The halls that cool your throat. Yeah. Because that's what they look like. It looks like a blister pack of cough drops on their chest. That's all there is right, to it. Right. And then, and then I, and then I see Thrawn with his blister pack, but his is, um, you know, gum. <laughs> that's that's my thing for. And I and I and I say this with love because in Star Trek the original series, when they did the Klingon belt buckles, they made them with bubble wrap. Yeah. Yeah, like gold painted yeah. bubble wrap. So I don't. I I say it all with love. You can stick all of the <laughs> all the blister packs you want on their chest. That's just what it's going to look at look like to me in high def. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just I just remember the old Purina insignias that the rebels used to have on their chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah that too. That too. <laughs> the classic Purina insignia. <laughs> um, uh, back on back at a galaxy far, far away. Which could be it could be nearer though. I, I do like that in the last episode, we find out where that came from. Yes. 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 I like and that. I, oh my gosh. I loved that because that means we're all Jedis learning the stories. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. David yeah. Tennant gets the best jobs. 
Mm-hmm. Seriously, he gets to say that. It was so delightful to get that in a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and to have that be the galaxy far, far away, the, the, the progenitor galaxy that they all came from before they came here. And I'm guessing it was the humans? I, I don't know. The humanoids came from that galaxy to this galaxy because there were plenty of other creatures, you know, running around. They couldn't have all come from the, the, the other galaxy. Right. Um, but maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's a big arc ship. You know, maybe it was a fleet of ships fleeing from the Cylons. I don't know. <laughs> what it was. Maybe. Maybe yeah. they all rode space whales. Yeah, they were yes. just all on the space whales. All got, sw- all got swallowed, space by, whales. All got space swallowed whales. by space whales. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a Jonah story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked how f- halfway through the space whales were like, fuck this minefield. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> just start jumping to light speed right there. I was, I was like, yes, yes, go to hyperspace now. I wouldn't, I, I, the first mine hit me as a space whale. I've been like, fuck this. Whoop. <laughs> <Tootie>. out. <laughs> Spit out the ship and leave. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> Hey, we got you here, lady. We'll see you. Yeah, yeah. That was our agreement. We're done. <laughs> Nobody said anything about you know space mines. <laughs> they they surrounded their their graveyard planet. It, I mean, yeah. that's a dick move. That was a yeah dick move. Dick so. move. So the rings. It turns out the rings around that world. It turns out we find out are basically the bones of space whales, which, um was sweet and yet at the same time it made me think of avenue q uh when all the dead people uh they they ejected the dead people and they wound up in oh. orbit or they wound up in a yes. ring orbit around the ship yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what i thought of for a minute there i'm like oh yeah what else is in those rings because we know what else they also had to vent their sewage out there and that wound up in the ring <laughs> Avenue Q Q ruined a lot of sci-fi for me in in a good way yeah (laughs) um the uh obviously the big battle was fucking awesome i mean yeah yeah. a lot of a lot of stormtroopers getting holes poked in their weird ceramic armor Right? I know it's like it was so fun. I, I I always have to point this out, both in the Mandalorian and in this one. Beskar armor deflects um, deflects blaster fire, def- can stop a lightsaber, and stormtrooper armor is fucking paper. I believe it, it attracts. There is no point to stormtrooper armor. None. <laughs> yeah, I think it attracts. It attracts the the blasters. Yeah, it, it attracts, attracts blaster fire. Yeah. It's it's kind of like Robin wearing green and red and Batman in black. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> he's Fire the big target. <laughs> but no, my my theory has always been that the only re- the the only purpose of stormtrooper armor is to make them all look alike and imposing without mm-hmm. actually doing anything. Yeah, mm. it really is the Empire cheaping out on it. Lowest bidder. And some and somewhere in the Empire, you got a John Ashcroft saying, "You go to you go to war with the army you got." <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that battle was that, battle that was, was so wonderful. fun to watch, and I love the yeah. little hermit crab people. Oh, yes, yes, those guys were so cute. so cute. Somebody somebody figured out their their <laughs> their their speech is their language is Japanese. Mm. So oh, it's it's a very simplistic Japanese. 
So people have been able to like, I know what they're saying. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't I didn't put any kind of thought into what the language was. Yeah. Every time every time the one in um Ezra's ship kept Ezra's little vehicle step kept asking questions, I'm like He's locked in there with a wolf horse that wants to eat him. He's asking you to let him out because he doesn't want to die. <laughs> That's true. He keeps licking his lips and looking at me. <laughs> that was my ongoing joke as we were watching. Every time he'd poke his head out, I'm like, that wolf is trying to kill me. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Best car armor obviously superior um even even somebody like sabine wren who i don't know why she'd have full beskar armor because i haven't really watched star wars rebels to understand why she's got full beskar armor but she's a mandalorian well i know she's a mandalorian but we saw in the mandalorian that not all mandalorians have all beskar armor that they kind of have to earn their beskar you know they they get it. They get an armor that looks like beskar but it's better to get the full beskar armor well that may have just been that clan though yeah it could because be because there are different Din, belief structures. Yeah, Din Djarin's, Din, Din, Din Djarin's whole group is very militant. Yeah, very militant and very much like you better survive. If you don't survive this, we're not giving you the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas she she probably comes from the same clan that like uh, um, what's her name? Katie Sackhoff's character comes from. So yeah. Bo Katan. Bo Katan yeah. comes from. Yeah. So I yeah. I don't remember if they ever deal with where she gets her best car in rebels yeah i don't know I don't know if that ever comes up or she just had a she just had her suit from the beginning I it don't just know. could be yeah. you know you you from time to time in 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 writing a very mm-hmm. a very easy trope to latch on to is that at some point it's like the rich character that problem solves yes mm, she's true. got beskar armor because the writer wanted her to have it and yeah. it and yeah. it solves a problem she can <laughs> fight back against a Begin, she can be one of three people fighting fighting against an army of stormtroopers and win. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two divisions of stormtroopers land and they win the fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 enjoying the overconfidence of uh, the admiral. Um, when is he gonna gonna become imposing? To be honest. He's he he looks a little tubby in that uniform. Yeah. And, 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 and he just he does not look even even his facial expressions are not in any way menacing to me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think we'll get there by the end of the season. If it's... not, I want Moss, Moff Gideon back. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh! Yes. I was say, isn't the end of the season this this week? Like dropping this week? I, I think this Number week. Eight, I think. Yeah. Is it ending at eight, or yeah. is it? it I, I think it's ending at eight. Thought it was okay. ending at eight. Yep. Yeah. And. Yeah. I, we haven't talked about this since we started watching it, but I just has is anybody getting a Game of Thrones vibes from that those final credits, the closing credits, a little bit, you know, with with the gold going to each, you know, showing the space whales journey and all that. I'm like, I feel like I'm seeing the houses of you know House Stark, House Targaryen, House. You know, as they go. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it feels very, it feels that. very uh, Game of Thronesy in a way. I'm like, here's our Game of Thrones ending. As we get to see everybody's name finally, who's in this? Who's in the episode? And when you see Claudia Black, you're like, "Wait, wait, where was she?" <laughs> Gosh, unrecognizable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That what makeup. That kudos to the makeup department because that's only face paint and it completely alters her features. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's very nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, you yeah. cannot, you cannot, and, until she spoke in this last episode, I wouldn't have known that was her. Yeah. It was when she finally spoke and said more than two words, I was like, that's Claudia Black. Yeah. Well, across the board in this show, the makeup and effects are just <clears throat> outstanding. Yeah. Better yeah. than anything they've done. Yeah. I, like, I thought they poured a lot of love design wise into Andor just with the, how the whole. The mm-hmm. settings, the planets, the makeup, the costumes, all of it. And I feel like they've poured even more love into Ahsoka. Yep. Well, you, you really can't fuck with Ahsoka too much because there is a legion of fans from um, Clone Wars and Rebels that would uh, go to Disney and kill people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there would be a Disney insurrection is what would happen. There would be a yes. January 6th at Disney if you fucked up Ahsoka. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's true. All right, uh, let's dive into some moving picture news. Moving picture news? Guess what, gang? The writer's strike is over! For now, much like the continuing resolution, it's pretty short. It's only a three-year contract. Mm -hmm. So we'll be doing this again pretty soon. It's a three-year deal, and I know the studios aren't going to be happy with it because they had to give up a lot that they didn't want to give up like royalties oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. they didn't want to give up money they want their money yeah there's a good line from uh ellen stutzman a wga's chief negotiator uh, mm-hmm. who said there's a bunch of things the companies told us they would never do minimum staff size is one of them preserving the writer's room that was a key gain residuals mm-hmm. in the success of streaming another thing they said they'd never do they couldn't figure out success they did it here, and really key to the writers, some real AI protections. Uh, David Goodman, co-chair of the negotiating committee, said the deal is exceptional in that it is something that will protect writers, not just now, but in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm delighted. Yes. I am. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and when it comes to, like, having the writer's room, I can look at Star Trek as an example. When you compare the cohesion... Of, episode, of series of Star Trek that had a writer's room compared to, say, Discovery, where they freelanced a good chunk of their writers and then wound up losing one executive producer <laughs> after another because uh, the first two, because they were being abusive, because they wanted it done their way and they didn't have a writer's room to sit and all hash out ideas and listen to everybody's ideas. They had a bunch of freelancers that they had to try to rein in. And, uh, yeah, it, it becomes disjointed when you do that. So you get more success if you have a writer's room is my point. Yeah. Yes. I had no idea about that in Discovery. That explains so much. Not Discovery, Voyager. Voyager. Yeah, Voyager had a writer's room, a really strong one. Um, With, uh, yeah, some of the the top writers that we still, will still see their series worked on Discovery. Same with Deep Space Nine and Next Gen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Michael Moore. On both Discovery, on both um, DS9 and Voyager, yeah. Ronald D. Moore? Ronald B. Moore, I mean. Yeah, Ronald B. Moore, not Michael Moore. That's the documentary guy. (laughs) I was confused for a minute, but figured you knew what you were talking about. Ronald D. Moore, yeah. Yeah. So, let me tell a quick story to set up this next one. Okay. A few years ago, um, somebody that I actually care quite a bit about uh, posted on their Facebook timeline that they were on their way to a convention of fans of Grant Morrison. At the time, 
I was very angry with Grant Morrison for his run <laughs> on Action Comics, up to and including especially Action Comics number five. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the fuck this Scottish motherfucker thinks people in America talk, but it isn't like that. <laughs> Nobody talks like that. So I was pissed. I was pissed at Grant Morrison for basically jumping onto DC and writing shitty again. Because mm -hmm. as I have always said, I really admire him and I love his mm -hmm. works when he's writing independent. But you give him a superhero and it goes all fucking sideways. Yep. Right. So uh, with that in mind, I... Mm -hmm put on his timeline a comment about what a what a hacky uh, pain in the ass Grant Morrison was. Immediately felt awful about it. You know, mm -hmm. didn't do anything, didn't didn't fucking do anything to my shame and regret. Um, mm -hmm. What my son calls it is yucking someone's yum. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, and I love that phrase. I've adopted that from you guys. Yep. So in this yeah. one, it is it is I yucked Troy's love of Grant Morrison's works, and I have mm -hmm. apologized to him a, a few times since then. And he's he he keeps saying it's okay, and I'm like, oh, you know what? It's really not. I fucked up, dude. I'm so sorry. Um, you know, and uh, and so now I see him about once a month when he comes in to buy comics, and and. Uh, I, I, I have finally stopped apologizing to him for it, but it is fucked up. It is. If you have a yum that's not hurting anybody, and let's be honest, Action Comics number five really did me no damage, <laughs> even though I remember it to this day. Um, sometimes you pop up and you're like, you like a dumb thing, dummy. <laughs> Enter stage right, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Oh, Martin. Yes. Martin Scorsese. Once again, making it clear he's not a fan of comic book inspired films, mm -hmm. which he once likened to theme parks. It's not wrong. But no, he's not wrong. I still like it. Mm -hmm. um, he said, there's a danger. Or let me try that again. The danger there is what it's doing to our culture, he said. Said the guy who does movies of Italians killing each other. Mm -hmm. uh, because we're going to be generations now that think movies are only those. That's what movies are, as opposed to Italians killing each other. <laughs> Scorsese continued, they already think that, which means that we then have to fight back stronger. Now, my favorite part of this is when he brings up fucking Christopher Nolan as a guy <laughs> yeah. who's, who's yeah. saving the industry. And it's like, maybe you should check out his filmography, Marty. Yeah, uh, Marty. <laughs> The reason why he gets to do anything he wants is because he did a, a superhero movie, right, and right. he did it. He did it up until then. He was this. They were taking a chance on him, doing making Batman Begins. They because said, "Oh, we're Memento taking a chance." Memento is incredible, but yeah. you know what it is? It's weird and niche. You don't and you don't get the the director, the writer, director of fucking Memento, and go, "Hey, let's give him Batman." But they did it anyway, and it turned out really well. Right. You know, even though, like I said, what's the his name is my still, least favorite Batman. Yeah, Warner Brothers would still say they were taking a risk at that time because he was, it was, uh, they were uncertain that this would be a successful Batman because, because of his, you know, they'd only, they only knew him from Memento. So they knew he could handle making a feature film, but they didn't know that he could make that. And we were like, fuck yeah, that was the, that was some awesome Batman. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah yeah, 
he gets to do what he wants because of Batman. I'm sorry. That's really it. Yeah. yeah. I also, oh, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, no, no. I was agreeing. That's all I'm done. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I. It's really ironic to hear him talk about superhero movies as theme park movies, because if we're talking about theme park movies, two of Martin Scorsese's really good friends, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, made their career on theme park movies. Yep. Right. So it's, yeah, and I know it was a different time back in the 70s and Mm -hmm. 80s, but what what is the difference between, you know, an Avengers movie and Indiana Jones movie? Honestly, you know, it comes down to... What? Box Box office, office, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's the difference is whether it's good or not, because we had Star Wars, and Mm -hmm. look at how many lists of Star Wars knockoffs there are out there after Star Mm -hmm. Wars happened. If, mm-hmm. if they had all been good, he probably would have said the same thing about, you know, space movies. And not to speak in his defense completely, but I would say that, you know, Scorsese was always the he was always the auteur, the independent movie, the independent film director. That was him. Um, yes, he had studio backing, but it took a long time for him to get it because he was making movies he wanted to make the way he wanted to make them. Um, whereas with marvel and what let's be honest when they're talking about superhero movies they ain't talking about warner brothers dc <laughs> what? no no they're not sorry no. but uh when it comes but with marvel it started out i mean look at iron man iron man was practically an independent movie mm-hmm. the way yeah. it was made it was made like an art house film and when we get to the end of the whole thing uh with adventures endgame and now going into the new the new saga um, it's very much studio controlled. You know, it's all controlled from the top by Feige um, and by Disney, of course, by Disney itself. But everybody wants to blame Disney for certain things, elements of it. But I'm like, that's not Disney. That's that's Marvel. That's Feige. Um, so I can see him not wanting, not saying, you know, you're destroying the industry by forcing another studio system. But he doesn't fucking say that. He's basically yucking our yum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, if you don't want me to go see any more of your movies, Scorsese, keep telling me I have shitty taste in movies, and I will grant you your wish. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not watching The Departed. Go fuck yourself. Or should I say, also, go fuck yourself. Also, Marty, <laughs> Marty, we need to, we, we still need to talk about um, the, day, the orange day glow hair you gave to uh, Harvey Keitel in Last Temptation of Christ. We still need to have a conversation <laughs> about that. Well, <laughs> some of us do. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Talking about a redheaded stepchild. Exactly. We have to make Judas a ginger? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I don't have enough problems already? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that, you know, Jesus was a ginger because it was uh, um, Willem Dafoe, right? But then they made Keitel like Ronald McDonald ginger. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was day glow orange it was so it was the worst dye job ever put on an actor in a movie and i was like wow maybe one day i'll tell that story again of me and jeff finally getting to see last temptation of christ in a way that we didn't know what we were going to see when we finally saw it restored and in color we just yeah. know that we were told no and so yeah. we went we're gonna find a way yeah yeah uh dan Harmon. Finally breaking his silence on Justin Roiland's allegations. Um, You know, he said, uh, 
I would feel so safe and comfortable making this about me, but that trick is worthless here and dangerous to others. It's other people's safety and comfort that got damaged while I was obsessed over a cartoon's quality. Mm -hmm. uh, trust has now been violated between countless people in a show designed to please them. I'm frustrated, ashamed, and heartbroken that a lot of hard work, joy, and passion can be leveraged to exploit and harm strangers. Because I don't know if you guys recall or not, we've talked about this a few times on the show, but Justin Roiland, turns out, was a bad dude. Um, mm -hmm. yes. Sexual harassment, uh, uncontrollable temper kind of stuff, and they finally ran him off. And Justin or Dan Harmon has been very quiet about it, which I understand. You know, you don't want to stick yourself in the middle of something like that, especially when it's still working itself out. But at some right. point, you know, you, you just have to change that. And he says, the easiest thing for me to say about Justin has been nothing. Uh, easy because he isolated so well and easy because I'm nobody's first choice as a judge of anything or anyone. This is where I'd love to change the subject to myself, to what a piece of crap I've been uh, my whole public life. Mm -hmm. And according to his ex-wife, that is true. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, so that is it for the news. All right. Another break. And when we come back, we're talking comics. My name is Peter Davison. I played the fifth doctor and you're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. <laughs> Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to me on the world's greatest comic book podcast. Wah, wah, wah. All right, let's get some comic book news. Comic book news. Not a lot of that this week. Uh, Dan Hart, or, uh, I'm sorry, Dan Slott. Jeez, talk about getting that stuck in my head. Yeah. Dan ah. Slott popped up. Uh, and addressed some uh, some fan frustration. See, we fans of comic books and things like that, we tend to take these things awfully seriously sometimes. Uh, mm -hmm. Reaction Comics number five, for instance. <laughs> we might get, a little, might get a little twisted up. But, uh, you know, people were busting Dan Slott's balls for... I believe it was a nine-year run of Superior Spider-Man. Ten-year run of Superior Spider-Man. Ten-year run of Superior Spider-Man, yes. Yes. <laughs> and what he says is it's impossible to ruin or destroy a long-standing legacy character. If a character's been around for 50-plus years, they're indestructible. Whatever current aspect storyline displeases you as a fan can be hand-waved away down the road. The character you love will be fine. Mm-hmm. It's know? true. And he says, he says uh, it's, you know, without these wild swings and stories that take big risks, there'd be the danger of the property growing stale and predictable. Doing. Yes. Yep. I may not this like what really you're true. doing, but I see what you're doing and I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. You know, Superior Spider-Man was fucking huge for Spider-Man. 
Mm-hmm. It was. It I didn't was. Like it. it was a brilliant idea. Um, I think our only argument on that one was it went too long. We wanted to You could have wrapped it up in a year, a uh, year and a half, and said they went 36 issues. It was like it went a little too long. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, da-dum, 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 da-dum. And again, for a character mm-hmm. to have survived so long, uh, there's the knowledge uh, a reboot, reinvention, or a hand wave could put all the toys back in the box. <laughs> <laughs> So way As to go. Stanley said, don't worry, it'll all be back to normal in a few months. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's 36 months, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles writer Sophie Campbell will be leaving the series after 50 issues. Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles number 150 will be Campbell's last writing for the TMNT ongoing series. Well, 50 is a good run. I mean. Yeah. That was Kelly Thompson on Captain Marvel, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Have they said who's replacing her? Mm, no. Al. Al. Al is replacing her. Al yeah, Ewing? Al is, Al, Al is replacing her. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. So, uh, that is it for the comic book news. All right, let's uh, talk about what we've been reading this week. Uh, Joss? So I didn't get a lot read, and what I did get read was something that I have read previously, but if you subscribe to Chip Zdarsky's newsletter this Mm -hmm. week, he sent out uh, Sex Criminals number one as a digital download to everybody for free. And so I, um, because that was just on my phone, I was like, easy. And so I read that on my phone at like my lunch break or something, (laughs) And, and just remembered how much fun that series is. I really, I know, I'm, well, um, I was not as into Sex Criminals when it first came out. Kaya was really into it. We, in fact, we got Kate Leth to sign her cover for us. Nice. Mm, nice. A few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm pretty sure I have it in a complete series somewhere. Somewhere being the key. Mm-hmm. So I may have to look at picking up, you know, a trade or something on that because it it's, it was a fun series at the time. Um, even while I wasn't as into it, I think it'd be fun to go back mm-hmm. and reread it now. So, yeah. but that he, sadly he, was the only thing I got read. He put that out because it's the 10th anniversary yep. of Sex Criminals. So if there isn't a trade at Dr. Volt's, um, I think it's multiple trades, right, Jeff? There is. There's yeah. several of them and I've got them all. Yeah. Nice. So there will probably be new trades coming very soon uh, because it is the 10th anniversary. Uh, we were talking about this pre-show, but I, you know, I also read that issue and I was like, wait, is this out of order? Are the pages out of order? I wonder if Zadarsky got a kind of a screwed up version of the of the of the uh, digital copy that he that he sent us. I would I need to do a compare and contrast, and I don't have a physical copy of it. I'd have to pull my digital copy from Comixology. Mm. So yeah. It's uh, I need to I need to compare and contrast. I'll look I'll do that this week and let you know next week. How's that sound? Cliffhanger. Sounds like a plan. Cliffhanger, yeah. Cliffhanger. Jeff. What, what are we read? doing? I, I lost my place. Where are we? Where uh, what did I read this week? What did yeah, you what read comics? This week? <clears throat> uh Flash number one. Uh Gail Simone on Twitter mm-hmm. said read it. And I do everything Gail Simone says. As you should. <laughs> so yeah. Flash number one and Cyclops is pointless. Um, wait, 
Cyclops? She hates, she hates Cyclops. She hates him. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, that's there all I'm saying. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, um, it was good. I mean, it's a Flash story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like I'm going to need to get two or three issues in to really get a feel for what's about to happen. On the other hand, I read a Flash comic, and I didn't get bored. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which I usually do. Um, and this is Wally West? Yeah. Instead of Barry Allen, right? Yeah. yeah. So Flash number one by Cy Spurrier, uh, and then Power Girl number one. Um, pick that up. Let's be honest. I did it for the art germ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was a picture. And and he drew her in a way that I went, hey, that's far more realistic than normal. I dig it. <laughs> you know. Fair. So, yeah. Um yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I got a hard time with Power Girl. Power Girl has always been set dressing to me. So when I'm reading her without trying to be, I don't know, without without enjoying the fact that I know it's going to be silly, um, but it's being written by Leah Williams, who I think the world of, um, and she did a really good job, and I'm looking forward to more. Nice. Yeah. That's where I am. Um, I turn the show back over to you, uh, Brother Carter. Okay. Uh, Doug, Sarah, anything you read this week you want to talk about? No. uh, We are way behind and way busy. Yeah. Yeah, I did did pick up um, the first issue of Hellscape at Famix that uh, local artist Chris Bottle used. Oh, that's right. Oh, nice. That looks fun. Yeah. So that's that's in my one day I'll have time to read this stack. <laughs> I have that stack too, Sarah. Don't mm-hmm. even worry about it. Yeah. I have it there and there <laughs> yeah. and there and stacks. <laughs> you got yeah. stacks, you amateurs. <laughs> I got box after box I... after box. <laughs> I have one full short box of of issues of different series that I'm collecting that I have yet to read an entire short box that I have not read yet. So I have, I have 16. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You do win then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the perils of being a working adult that loves comics. Exactly. Right? It's so yeah. hard. I yeah. work to get the money to buy them, <laughs> but I'm working. So I can't afford the time to read them. Right. It's our retirement Bingo. plan. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got a st- I've got a small stack of uh, Kickstarter books I haven't read yet. That I've, I'm like I should read them because I'm doing it to support my fellow Kickstarter Kickstarter comic book guys. But mm-hmm. yeah, just haven't gotten to them yet. So I got this stack sitting here that stares at me every day because it sits underneath my computer. Um, Kickstarters. Do you mind if I ask how are things coming along with uh, oh. with our favorite Shaolin nun? Oh, you want to know? Colors are done. Woo! Cool. Yay! It goes to Andy now for letters, and you should have that cop. You should have the digital copy sometime this month, the uh, in October, and the printed book will be available in November. Hopefully, cool. I will have them back and in time to distribute them at Wasatch Comic Con to everybody local. Nice. Oh, awesome. And if you and if you do the local, I'll throw in a special gift for you. To make up for you paying five bucks for shipping that I'm not going to do. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah. Just yeah. a warning, it's naughty. <laughs> hey, anything to sell a book, you know what I mean? 
hey, Laurie, my anchor, who went through a whole lot of shit that is not my story to tell, but suffice to say, she wound up starting a whole new imprint for her uh, from what was Unlikely Heroes Studios. Now she has a new imprint called Luna. Oh, wow. Luna Studios. They just did a book. She wrote it. So it, but it's a not, it's an NSFW book. It's a not safe for work book. It's a naughty book, but she wrote it. So it's going, it's not going to be that exploit, ex- exploitative, I guess. But at the same time, there's boobies and never underestimate the power of the boobies. Cause she has almost cleared 10,000 mm-hmm. on her Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. I believe oh it. my. So yeah. And the thing about women helmed erotica Mm-hmm. is how it can still be wildly titillating <laughs> mm-hmm. without being damaging or destructive, you know, or failing the Bechtel test, as it were. Yeah. You know, when you okay. when you look at books like uh, Sunstroke, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're positive uh, yep. and still, you know, boner-inducing. Yes. So it's possible to do not safe <laughs> for work Without mm-hmm. it being just some piece of toxic mm-hmm. masculine trash. Yep. Yay. Yay. It's kind All of right. like women are human beings too. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's whoa, whoa, not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's... <laughs> oh, my sorry, God. Sorry, sorry. has been unlocked and expanded. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, let me see. I have to think place. about you differently now. <laughs> Where did that go from? Anyway. Wow. Uh, let's see. For me this week, um, Way to go, left show. Yep, Star Trek. <laughs> uh, Star Trek Day of Blood. Uh, Shax's best day. Oh, oh my God. Ryan North, when he writes these Lower Decks things, one of the things I just dig, and I have to put on my readers to read these anyway, but you, you almost had... If I, did, if I wasn't wearing my readers, I'd have to put them on because he puts little marginals down at the bottom that are funny little jokes that go along with the page you just read. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, it's hilarious all the way through. Anyway, so Shax, one thing I didn't realize here in the uh, the new Star Trek series is you may notice his pips on his collar mm-hmm. shows him as a lieutenant junior grade. And we know he's a full lieutenant in Lower Decks, so this is actually before he went to the Cerritos. So this takes place before he went to the Cerritos. So Shax, this Bajoran... Um, you know, Rebel is helping out against these these Klingons, and uh, something happened in Day of Blood that we're like, "Oh, Shax went and did something crazy," and he wound up on the wound up like sitting on top of the Defiant as it took off. And they're like, "Shax, will you get back in here?" Um, anyway, this this is the story of what he did to save the day, and it was Shax's best day ever. Oh my God. I mean, up until up until he got to eject the warp core at the end of, of the end of season three of uh, Lower Decks, <laughs> this is now his best. This was his best day. Yeah, it was fucking funny as hell. And uh, yeah, Ryan North, if you read his books, yeah, especially his Lower Decks books, they because the thing about Lower Decks is you've got all the little subtle humor all the way through, right? That you you really have to be listening for and be a deep deep dive Star Trek fan to catch it all. Mm-hmm. This is that kind of thing. He captures that with those little marginals that he puts in. Oh my gosh. Um, then we got Iron Man number 10, The Wedding of Tony Stark and Emma Frost. What? Under protest from Emma Frost, apparently. <laughs> is it an arranged marriage? Ew. Kind of. So they're trying to deal with this Phalong thing. And Phalong, meanwhile, is just basically wiped out 
every mutant on Earth. They've all had to flee to Mars. Tony um, is at the Hellfire Club, gets a, fa- a phone handed to him. Meanwhile, Rhodey, who's in prison, gets a phone handed to him. And he's like, what did you want? And he said, Rhodey says, wait, you... And Rhodey said, well, what did you want, Tony? And Tony says, wait, you called me. And that's when they realize Rhodey's about to get killed by the, by the, by the prison. But Tony had struck a deal with the white king of the Hellfire Club, who is currently, dun, 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 Wilson Fisk. Oh, no, Wilson Fisk. He's so, a bad guy. So Wilson Fisk arranged to have Rhodey protected in prison. All right. With Sandman and Little Living Laser. And uh, so, yeah, he's basically he's basically set. Um, he's got a permanent bodyguard, two permanent bodyguards there. Uh, and then um, he's like, well, shit, Phalong's here. Emma can't see him. Emma comes walking in. <laughs> and Tony grabs her, pulls her out. She's dressed as his assistant. She's disguised herself as his assistant. And she wears a ring, a gold band around her finger that's basically a mutant inhibitor device. Well, she pulls the ring off, throws it in Tony's face, knees him in the nuts, and she's going to go out and just destroy Phalong right there. And Tony stops her. Phalong happens to walk into the room right then. Here's Tony on his knees holding a ring. (laughs) (laughs) And her standing in front of him. And they basically got to go through with it. But they they use it brilliantly as a trap for Phalong to get the secrets from him. Uh, meanwhile, Tony is playing up the whole thing that, like, he's so happy Phalong did what he did so that he wouldn't have to be Iron Man anymore. Um, he's acting like he's fallen off the wagon uh, and he's back on the booze. So Phalong's buying that shit as well. And meanwhile, he's getting him distracted that, you know, he's like, well, where did Frost go? Where did you send her in your armor? He said, uh, as far as I know, uh, she's on Mars because when I got my armor back, the black box said she went to the moon and then through some sort of teleporter went to uh, Mars and then threw the armor back through the teleporter and it went to the moon. And that's where, where, and then I had it recalled from there. And then before I burned it up, so she's on Mars and I think the mutants are going to, you know, re- remake Mars attacks Phalong. So it's a really, they're really setting up Phalong for a lot of, cause Phalong's gotten a little too arrogant in his shit. He started out as a super smart, bad guy, but always when they're the super smart, bad guys sooner or later, they get too arrogant with their win and they start to lose. So yeah, well, well done on that one, Tony. I'm enjoying the hell out of this new of uh, Jerry Duggan's Iron Man series. Oh, and also there's a Deadpool cameo that was funny as hell. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> as it should be. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Today is Tuesday. And as of the day of recording, it's the first day of October. Uh, so it's Wednesday that you're listening to this. We're gonna give our picks of the week. Uh, tomorrow is Wednesday, so we'll give our picks of the week for this Wednesday's releases. But also, you need to get your orders in for these comics coming in December. You only say hello so you can say goodbye. These two words must make your life complete. You pick out the hearts that break to make your ego high. And I was just your pick of the week. All right, Josh, start us out. What are you looking forward to? So this week, I I I don't know where I've been or how I've missed it, but there's a Captain Marvel uh, 
I'm assuming it's a short series. I don't know that 100%. But Captain Marvel Dark Tempest and the fourth issue is dropping this week. Um, and I haven't read the first three, but that doesn't matter because I'm going to go find them all because there uh, is there's no tsunami in this multiverse that can pin Earth's mightiest hero. You guys, but the Storm Nada is bringing to Earth will send even this harbor woman running for land. Mm. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find those, pick them up, give them a good look over. Um, and that is my Marvel mainstream pick of the week for my Marvel mainstream pick of the future. However, I know everybody buckle in. It's a Daredevil title. Let's be what? honest. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, Dare- <laughs> Daredevil Gang War number one of four is coming out. Um, this is going to be a crossover event, uh, judging by the solicitations that I've seen. Uh, but Electra is uh, is is being recruited by the Amazing Spider Man to help stop New York City from tearing itself apart as every mobster and supervillain in town goes to war. So I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna go read all about how Electra is gonna save Hell's Kitchen in this little mini gang war Daredevil title. How about you, Jeff? What's your mainstream picks? Um. Okay. So picks of the week: Gods number one from Marvel. I'm gonna give Hickman another shot. I don't know why. <laughs> um. He's so fucking dry. He's just dry. <laughs> You know, I mean, his story, his story building ability, his world building ability, his attention to detail, they are all amazing. And yet I read it and I'm like, uh, okay, you know, but I'm going to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, And then uh, just uh, grabbing something on the run, uh, Batman 138. Uh, We continue uh, the Gotham War. This is written by Chip Zdarsky, uh, uh, drawn uh, by uh, Jorge Jimenez. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, i just enjoying the shit out of that. And then my pick of the future for mainstream is I didn't. Okay. I will oh. in the weeks to come for stuff that's not available to order yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, mainstream pick of the week, I didn't, I didn't grab on this week just because... I didn't feel like it. So um, I'm going to save those for following weeks. Mm -hmm. All right. Who's next? Uh, Let's see. For my mainstream picks, I'm also going to go for God's Number One by Jonathan Hickman. Um, Let's see if he can do this without the weird weird circles and dots language that he puts into every other fucking thing he does. (laughs) Um, So I'm looking forward to God's Number One from Hickman. And then from DC, uh, we got a special one this week. Zatanna and the Ripper. Uh, this is from this is the Webtoon series. This is a pretty good Webtoon series. This coming out uh, on her twenty first birthday. Zatara Zatanna Zatara is attacked and bested by a mysterious sorceress. Before the final blow is dealt, her father Giovanni casts a spell of his own, warping the magic of his attacker and sending Zatanna out of the frying pan and into ye old garbage bin. Uh, she arrives in Whitechapel, London, in the year eighteen eighty eight. She soon discovers a serial killer plaguing the streets of the city, Jack the Ripper. Unable to return home and certain that, super, that the supernatural killer has answers, Zatanna sits out in pursuit of the Ripper alongside the denizens of Whitechapel and John Constantine. <gasps> you actually get Constantine all the way through this little little webtoon series. Mm-hmm. This has been a fun little webtoon series to read. So uh, this will be out in a volume one special for 15 bucks. 
uh, this week. And then my pick of the future for uh, Marvel is a two-parter. Uh, Moon Knight number 30 will be coming out, and uh, they're calling it Night's End. And uh, it looks like this could be maybe the last issue of the regular Moon Knight series, because following that is a new series called The Vengeance of Moon Knight, number one, where apparently they're mourning the death of Moon Knight, but there's a black specter uh, dressed in a very familiar costume running around causing problems. So I guess we get undead, undead Moon Knight coming. Uh, my indie picks this week um, <laughs> from Dynamite, Alice Cooper, number one. <laughs> I love it. Uh, back in the 70s, DC Comics did an Alice Cooper comic book that was very, uh, people loved it. People fucking thought it was great. Um, this one feels like it's recapturing some of that, uh, that feeling of that old DC comic featuring Alice Cooper. Um, as always, the idea of Alice Cooper is far more interesting than the actual Alice Cooper. So, uh, this, this could be a lot of fun to read. And then uh, from IDW, we get uh, another volume one that I was I wanted to point out to people. This is uh, issues one through fourteen of a of a Star Trek run called Star Trek Year Five. This is the fifth year of the adventures uh, of the the five year mission of the of the USS Enterprise under the command of Captain James T. Kirk. And this is them returning after their five year mission to Federation space and dealing with a whole lot of, uh, like, some insurrection happening inside the Federation. Um, this was a really good series by Jackson Lansing. I recommend it highly. This one's more pricey than the last one, than Zatanna and the Ripper. This one's uh, 40 bucks, $39.99, but worth picking up. Uh, I enjoyed this one, particularly for the return of the, uh, you remember the Mafia Planet? In uh, in the original series, where the, the whole world was mob mob ruled, and then when the at the end of the episode, McCoy realizes he left his his communicator on the planet, and they're like, "Oh, one of these days they'll be able to give us a piece of the action." They return to that world Ooh. to find that they've basically they're like low red Starfleet <laughs> in that world. <laughs> so yeah, this is a fun little fun little uh, series that they did. Nice. Um, and then my pick of the future. From Image Comics, a um, little bit of bad news for me and Joss. Firepower number 30 series finale is happening in December. The end of the Firepower series by Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney. Uh, this has been a really fun series, particularly from a martial arts kind of, you know, kung fu movie kind of uh, standpoint. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this movie. I've enjoyed this series a lot. And it is, they're going to end it. I don't know if there will be a Firepower second series or not, but this this is ending with, with issue 30, the end of Firepower. How about you, uh, how about you Jeff? What's your uh, indie? Uh, indie pick of the week is from Image Comics. It is Phantom Road, Volume 1 by Jeff Lemire. Lemire? Yeah, this is... Uh, Mad Max Fury Road meets the Sandman in a high-octane adventure wrapped in a dark fantasy aesthetic. Okay, Lemire, you got me. I'm going to give it a shot, buddy. 
Um, I am also going to pick up. Uh, Thank you for including your log, your pitch log line in your uh, in the description. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Transformers number one by Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, this is the 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 new universe put mm-hmm. together by Skybound. Mm-hmm. If you've been reading Void Rivals, you know that the not only are the Transformers there, but GI Joe is also in that universe. And I, for one, am interested to see how they make them all work. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big Transformers guy. I've never. It's it's it was a little after my time. You know. So I didn't see Optimus Prime die until years after it happened in the movie. You know, still a powerful statement, but I mean, it just wasn't my thing. But I, I would like to roll out and enjoy uh, something Transformers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and that's it. And then uh, my pick of the future uh, is uh, Big Game, uh, Mark uh, Millar. I'm scrolling for it, scrolling for it, scrolling for it. There we go. Um, Yeah, this is a huge crossover event for Miller World, you know, where all of his heroes are all in the same book. Mm -hmm. And that is interesting as shit. And if you haven't picked a couple, I've read one and two uh, of Big Game so far, and it is fun. In a fucked up kind of way, but, you know, it's Mark Millar, so what are you going to do? But, yeah, so that's it. Big Game is coming out as uh, a trade paperback in December, and that's what I'm going for. What about what about anybody else? Nice. So- Nothing from the Willoughby's? No, we didn't do our homework. That's okay. Right. Yeah. I don't believe we assigned homework, which makes us bad hosts. Yes. <laughs> you asked us here. We're glad maybe, to be here. Or maybe good hosts that we didn't assign homework. Uh, (laughs) Joss, did you give your indie picks? I did not. My indie pick of the week from Image Comics. Um, Again, this is something that I did not read the first time around, but apparently it's going to be a live action adaptation on Netflix. The Chosen One, the American Jesus Trilogy. Um, This is Mark Millar as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it's going to be super bizarre and weird. And it's the story of two young children who figure out they're going to have to face each other in the desert when they're older, because one is the return of Jesus Christ and the other is the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick that up, see where it goes, because it sounds intriguing to me. And then my future December pick is also from Image Comics, but it is the... I laughed even picking this. It's the Creep Show Holiday Special for 2023. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's a real thing. It is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. (laughs) Absolutely. Creepshow is here to put the fear in your cheer. You've heard of Santa. You've heard of Krampus. But have you ever heard of the Christmas man? Witness the birth of a new horrifying holiday classic from Daniel. Don't call me Santa Claus. And jolly Jonathan Wayshack. And then jovial (laughs) James Asmus and lively Letizia Oh, Cadonisi, deliver a cautionary tale about stealing the wrong parcel in Package Thief. Whoever wrote that copy was channeling their inner Stan Lee, that's for sure. Oh, it was a fantastic (laughs) copy, man. It was so, it was, I mean, let's be honest, I love that creep show series anyway, but the fact that I get a creep show holiday special and like the cover is the Crypt Keeper like peering through a Christmas wreath. 
Like, mm-hmm. chef's kiss perfect, in my opinion. So that is my December pick from Image Comics. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. Anything else, kids? Nothing. Nothing. All right. Well, um, I will invite everyone, as always, to join us on Patreon. Join our Patreon squad at patreon.com slash defendmedia, uh, D-E-F-E-N media, doc, uh, and uh, join us there. Uh, we get we have extra content every week. We are going to continue the 57 best Star Trek episodes list that we have some disagreements with. We're starting with uh, episode number 19, which I disagree with. And I know episode 18, Jeff disagrees with. Uh, <laughs> so join us for that. Uh, join our Patreon squad. You get all kinds of special consideration. Just look at two of our longstanding Patreon members getting to be special guests on our episode this week. So uh, you become part of the family. Join our family, won't you? Join our squad at patreon.com slash defendmedia. And I will say, as I always do, until Tony Stark is forced to make a proposal, make mine Marvel. For Hell's Kitchen. For Stan. For Asgard. (laughs) 